The Bear Continued Chapter 4 A New Plan Hey, it was Jack. He had opened the door to my bedroom, and I'm not trying to be gross, but I nearly pooped in my pants. I looked back at my alarm clock, 5.47 after midnight. Jack, the shit is definitely going to hit the fan if you don't go back to your room. It's not 6 o'clock yet. Jack didn't care. He looked serious. Sam, something's wrong. Grandpa's here and Mom's up. They're sitting in the kitchen right now. Did you sleep in your boots? He lifted up the covers and looked to see if I was really wearing my boots or, I suppose, to check if my feet grew like crazy overnight. He got into bed next to me and rolled over so we could talk. We were both already fully dressed and ready to go, boots and all. Where's Dad? Grandpa is here? We're supposed to be going to Grandpa's. I was so confused, I could feel my body heat up and my stomach turn, like when you sneak into the kitchen at church and eat four or five donuts and then have three glasses of Jesus' blood, which, in case you're confused, is really just delicious fruit punch with 10% real juice. I don't know. Let's go ask him, he said as he threw my covers back and slid off the bed. I couldn't move. I didn't want to move. Why was Grandpa here when we were going to his farm, and where was Dad? Dad sure as hell wasn't in our house. If he was, he would be sitting with Grandpa and Mom drinking coffee. He loves drinking coffee and telling stories. I figured I'd better go check it out, even if it wasn't 6 o'clock yet. I got up as quick as I could and raced after Jack, who was stalled at the bottom of the stairs, spying on something in the kitchen. I couldn't see around Jack into the kitchen, but I could hear my Grandpa ask Mom what she was going to do with no kids to chase around. She never chases us. Oh, I'll think of something, she laughed. I was terrified to see Jack walking away from me and towards them. Hello, Jack. Hi, Grandpa. What are you doing here? We were coming to see you, said Jack. I watched my mom get up and put her hands through Jack's hair as she went to the sink to pour out the coffee she'd been drinking. Figuring no shit was going to hit the fan, I came running out to see Grandpa, too. Grandpa! I ran towards him and jumped into his lap. Where's Dad, Mom? Where's Dad? Sammy, he smiled and gave me a big hug. I love my Grandpa. Dad is upstairs sleeping. Grandpa is here to pick you up. You were riding with him, Mom said as she came over to plant a big wet one on my cheek like she always does. Jack doesn't like her to do that because he's older, but I still like it because Mom's great. My heart sank and every ounce of excitement I had trapped in my little body just up and left. This was not a good option. Where's Dad? We were all going together. Grandpa, we were all coming to see you. You didn't have to come get us. My mom looked at me right in the face, and I was afraid she could see I might cry. Mr. Bugna had a terrible fire last night, and your dad went to help. He called Grandpa, and your grandpa was very nice to get up early and come get you. Is Dad coming? I don't want to go if he's not. Why is Dad helping Mr. Bugna? Jack asked. He's the competition. Did any animals get burned alive? All the animals are safe. It was his hay barn that burned down. When a neighbor needs help, Jack, you help your neighbor. And when your daddy needs help, Mr. Bugna will help him. That's the way I raised your daddy, and that's the way he'll raise you, Grandpa said sternly. Mr. Bugna won't ever help Dad. Nothing died? Just the hay barn? said Jack, seeming bothered. Lewis, that's Mr. Bugna, will help him now. Grandpa said, smiling once again. Jack, 
Did you want something to die? No. Just checking, he said. I knew Jack, though. And I knew if the answer was yes, there are dead animals everywhere, Jack. All we would have seen was his back as he was running for the door. He gets a kick out of dead stuff, and I imagine burnt cows would have been a pretty big hit with him. I like looking at dead stuff, too, but I guess I was more concerned about driving with Grandpa. I looked at my mom, and she put both her hands on my face and said, Your dad is very excited to go to Grandpa's with you. He'll be there tonight before you go to bed. But he needs to get some rest before he goes. He's been up all night, honey. He can sleep in the car, I said. Who's going to drive then? Jack said, looking at me like I had three eyeballs. Oh, yeah, I thought to myself, then slid off Grandpa's lap and went to get my stuff. As soon as I got halfway up the stairs, my big heart kicked in and I started crying as quietly as I could. Just in case you were confused, riding with my Grandpa 15 minutes in his truck is no big deal. Driving an hour and a half with Grandpa can be just terrible, and depending on how big your heart is, you might cry too. I'm not trying to be gross, but when you ride with Grandpa, you aren't allowed to fart or he will cuss you out. What kind of manners did your mother teach you, boy? He would shout. Did you grow up in a barn? Have some respect for your elders and hold it until you get outside. It's dangerous, too, because when he cusses you out, he looks at you instead of looking at the road. Jack farted a doozy once, and Grandpa nearly ran off the road twice while cussing him out. Jack's fart almost cost the three of us our lives, which is scary for a little kid. I bet you're thinking, big deal. Just don't fart then, right? Well, we don't anymore. At least we die trying not to. The worst part, though, is that like most rules, they don't apply to old people. Like I said before, I'm not trying to be gross. But Grandpa lets farts that are so thick you can feel them with you in the truck. Grandpa drove us home last summer, and I prayed it would be the last time because he was letting them rip the entire way back. That night, we were watching TV, and I smelled Jack's shirt, and it smelled like Grandpa's farts. The smell was in our clothes, like smoke the day after you sit around a campfire. Does Grandpa get mad and yell when he rips them? Hell no. He just looks straight ahead and keeps driving. You can never tell when he farts either, because when old people fart, they don't make a sound. No matter where you are when an old person farts, you're not going to get any kind of early warning to get the hell out of there. Jack says old people's buttholes must be too tired to make a good loud sound. What fun is that? I don't ever want to get old. When you smell one of Grandpa's farts, it's like getting slapped in the face really hard by a mean teacher with no warning. It's torture because if you say anything about his fart, you're going to get cussed out. And if you make a fuss trying to hold your nose, you're going to get cussed out. Don't even think about opening the window if it isn't already opened. If you don't want to get cussed out when my grandpa farts, just look straight ahead and think about something really great, like reeling in Big Frank. Jack once just looked at me wrong after grandpa let one and he got cussed out. I always sit in the middle, and Grandpa's farts naturally hit me first, so I always try to make the most of it, like Mom says, and turn to watch the fart hit Jack. Well, one time, when he finally smelled it, Jack looked back at me, and he was cross-eyed. He said he wasn't even trying to be cross-eyed. That's just how bad they are. Once Grandpa lets one rip, everyone knows it, and there is pretty much no more talking until he starts the next conversation. Don't get me wrong. 
I love my grandpa. He is the greatest. But I love him a whole lot more when we are doing stuff outside. I was so disappointed. I was laying face down on my bed, not even wanting to go, when I felt Jack lay down on the mattress next to me. I had stopped crying by then, even though I still wanted to cry some more, but I didn't. Sometimes I can control my big heart, and right then I was glad that I could, because I especially don't like to cry in front of Jack or Dad. You can cry in front of my mom about anything and not even think about it because she's a mom, and moms, as far as I can tell, will use any excuse to get hugs from their kids. Jack and Dad wouldn't ever tease me or anything for crying, but they never cry, so I would rather not cry in front of them. It's hard to explain. I looked up, and Jack was smiling at me. Hey, Sammy, what's wrong? Dad is still coming. He just won't get there until tonight. Jack grabbed me, spun me over, and sat on my stomach, holding my arms back by the wrist so it looked like I was surrendering during a gunfight. I'm waiting to go with Dad, I told him. The smile left his face. What? Don't you want to go fishing today in the back pond? What if we catch Big Frank today? Dad bought this new kind of catfish bait. I've got it in my tackle box. It's got real blood in it, Sam. We won't even have to walk. Grandpa said he's going to let me drive the Honda. I knew all about the new bait. I saw it in a magazine at the grocery store and asked Dad to get it. I don't want to catch Big Frank. I was lying. And I don't want to sit through Grandpa's farts. I couldn't have meant it more. I'm waiting to go with Dad. The smile came back to Jack's face as he let go of my wrists, rolled over next to me, and started to laugh. Jack always seemed to know when to let up. You could say it was one of Jack's hobbies to manhandle me and throw me around, but he would almost always lay off me before I got hurt. I've never done it myself, but it has to be fun to be able to pick someone up and throw them. He breathed in a deep breath, and we both stared at the ceiling. They are terrible, aren't they? Spectacular, I said. He looked at me, confused. Spectacular means great, Sam, but I think I know what you're saying. Do you remember last summer when he drove us home? It was so bad it made my eyes water. It made you cross-eyed. Our clothes smelled like poop, I added, and we were both laughing now. Jack could always cheer me up. What is Grandma feeding him, tar? It wouldn't be so bad if he would let us roll down the window or at least laugh about it like we do at Dad. There's no women around. Why in the hell can't we fart like men and laugh about it? Or at least roll down the window? Maybe I'll say something to him about it this time. If you haven't noticed by now, Jack is great at cussing too. I looked at Jack. You will get cussed out. You're probably right, he said, but maybe not. If you come with us, I promise I'll roll down the window, even if he cusses at me. I'll even try to talk to him about it. I couldn't believe it, but Jack always keeps his promises, even if he's going to get in trouble. Okay, but only if you promise, and only if you leave me out of it, I said as I jumped up on him trying to pin him down like he did to me moments before. I almost had him too, because I'm real fast. But right as I was on top, he threw me off, and I bounced like a skipped rock clear off the bed and into my dresser. Sorry, buddy, he said as he lifted me off the ground effortlessly. I've got it, I've got it, he said, dropping me right back on the ground and ran out of the room. I got up and ran behind him to find him in his room, looking through his dresser drawer. Here, Sammy Wammels, is the answer to all our problems. We'll be fishing by noon. He threw me a bottle of something called 
Bino. What is this? I asked. It's magic. That's what it is. If you drink it, you don't fart. Spectacular. Does this really work? I said. I mean, how could there be something as incredible as this and I didn't know about it? It would be like somebody really smart walking into your living room and picking up your TV remote and saying, what does this do? I haven't seen one of these before. How does this work? How did you get this? I asked, still amazed at what was in my hands. Remember when I got a detention for farting in English? Mrs. Hood gave it to me after I told her I couldn't help it. She said, now that I have this stuff, I don't have an excuse. That detention was for farting? Jack smiled like a proud father. Yep, me, Stomp, Wynn, Neil, and Mills were all letting them rip, and I got busted. Too much power. I could definitely believe that. Have you tried this stuff? Does it really work? I was skeptical. It did seem like magic, and I'm pretty sure most magic is fake. It's supposed to, but I haven't tried it. I sure as hell don't need it. I like farting. I guess we'll find out today. We'll put it into Grandpa's coffee. All the Beano air left my sails. Jack was right. Why would you want to take something that stopped you from farting? That would be like inventing something that made candy taste exactly like spinach. Impressive, sure, but what good would that do? I remembered that I wasn't going to be the one taking it. And then I remembered the thick smell of Grandpa's farts, and I looked back down at the tiny bottle again. Spectacular. I didn't know how he intended to do it, but with Jack, if he tells you he's going to do something, like making milk come out his nose, he'll do it. Grab your stuff and let's go, he said, as he grabbed the tiny bottle of magic out of my hands. He grabbed his backpack with his sleeping bag attached perfectly and walked out into the hallway. Jack turned and looked at me, still standing at the foot of his bed. I was wondering why I can't roll up my sleeping bag like his, and he said with a patient smile, Let's go, buddy. As always, he gave the command, and I followed without worry. My brother Jack could fix anything. I watched Jack like a hawk at breakfast to see him make his move, and he never did. I was getting real worried as I got into Grandpa's truck. Here, hold this, Jack said as he climbed in beside me and started digging deep into his front pocket. Spectacular, I thought, as I held on to the coffee Jack had brought for Grandpa. It says here to add one drop for every eight ounces of water. We'd better go with five drops. Are you sure? Grandpa is old. He could die if you give him too much. Don't you worry, Sam. The person that wrote these directions never smelled one of Grandpa's farts. He'll be fine, Jack said, dropping the last of the five drops into the coffee. I put it into the coffee holder, and we waited for what seemed to be like ten days. When Grandpa got into the truck, he looked at us and said, Who wants to go fishing? I do. I'm going to catch Big Frank this time. I meant it, too. Hey, you two. Were you in such a big hurry you didn't intend on saying goodbye to your mother? It was Mom at the window of the truck. Mom, I shouted. I was so nervous I was going to leave without telling her goodbye. Jack and I got out, and she gave us both hugs and kisses, but she gave me an extra big hug. I love my mom. Raj, do you want another cup of coffee? I don't want you falling asleep at the wheel with my precious cargo. If he was here, this is where Dad would say, Courtney... You're going to suffocate these boys. And she would say, with love, impossible. I already thought of that, Mom. Thanks, though. Here you go, Grandpa. 
Jack thrust the coffee at Grandpa, and he laughed. Well, thank you, Jack. That was very nice of you. Let's go, boys. Grandma's anxious to see you. Give her my love and tell her I'm excited to see her on Saturday, Mom said. Grandpa took a sip and said, Ah, you make a mean pot of coffee, Courtney. Tell my son we're waiting for him and his new bait. I've got a feeling Sam here is going to catch Big Frank this week, and he won't want to miss it. I've got it, Grandpa, Jack hurried. It's in my tackle box, the new bait. Mom, tell Dad to hurry up. We've got fish to catch. Mom shut the door for Jack and just stood there smiling and watched us go until we turned out of the driveway. Chapter 5. On the Road For the first ten minutes, we talked a while about Big Frank and who was going to catch him and how Big Grandpa thought he was by now. I asked Grandpa if I caught Big Frank, could I get him stuffed and hang him on the wall in my room? He just smiled and said I'd have to ask my dad, but thought it would be better if I'd let him go so somebody else could catch him. Like who, I asked. We're the only people that fish that hole. If I was allowed to cuss in front of Grandpa, I'd have said, Hell no, that son of a bitch is going on my wall where he belongs. Let him go? If you would have said something that crazy in front of Grandma, she would have said, Well, I never, and left the room. In case you haven't figured it out by now, Hell anything and son of a bitch are my favorite cuss words. Grandpa took another sip of his coffee and I smiled and looked over at Jack. He was rolling his window down even though it was cold this early in the morning. Genius. You know what, Jack? I appreciate the coffee, but I've had two cups already and you know how your grandma feels about me drinking too much coffee. He reached in front of me to give Jack his Beano coffee. Throw this out your window and roll it up tight. It's a little chilly out there. I turned, panicked, to Jack, who was already staring icicles at my grandpa. As soon as I saw Jack's face, I felt a lot better about things. I thought you said this coffee was good. Does Grandma tell you not to fish too much? When we have wives, are they going to make all our decisions for us too? I'm confused, because Dad makes all his own decisions. Besides... Who here would tell her if you had another cup of coffee? Would you, Sam? I wouldn't. I shook my head no in Grandpa's direction and saw that he was laughing, but not making a sound like a lot of old people do. I suppose laughing is just like running fast for old people. The older you get, the worse you are at it. I bet Grandpa can't even run anymore, he's so old. Don't get me wrong. Grandpa is still strong as an ox and can probably push a tractor out of a ditch by himself. But if he tried to run fast... I could just see parts of his body falling off or something. Just in case you are confused, staring icicles is the saying that Jack and I came up with that I told you about earlier. Staring icicles is when you look at your opponent in such a way that you are telling them, with your eyes, that they are going to lose even before they start and that it's useless to try too hard. Jack does it in baseball games when he goes up to bat. In baseball, when you go up to bat, the pitcher can't pitch to you until both your feet are in the batter's box. Jack puts one foot in the box and waits until the pitcher looks at him and gives him the old icicle treatment until the umpire says something like, Let's get moving, kid. It works, too. Jack hits home runs all the time. Jack gave Grandpa back the coffee, and he probably drank it in under ten minutes. I felt safer after it was gone, but was still worried until I decided to let it go. Dad had told me a long time ago, last year I think, that if you worry about the things you can't control, you will miss out on life. He was right too. 
I had no control over Grandpa's farts. And besides, if he did fart, Jack was going to say something. He promised he would, and that would be a good show, too. Like I told you earlier, when we are riding with Grandpa and we have to fart real bad, we have to hold it until we stop to go to the bathroom or get gas, which is no big deal, right? Except Grandpa doesn't do either. Most people just pull over and get gas, but not Grandpa. He has a big red plastic tank of gas in the bed of his truck, and if he ever runs out, he goes back and pours more in, but not before he slams his fist on the dashboard and says, damn it, like something absolutely horrible has happened to him. One time, we never stopped, and I held a hell of a fart in for probably half the trip. My sides hurt so bad, I almost cried by the time we got out of his truck. It made for a spectacular fart because I had to hold it in so long, but it wasn't worth the pain. Actually, looking back, it was a great enough fart where it probably was worth it, but I wouldn't try it again unless I had to. The other thing that can make it a tough trip with Grandpa, as if fart attacks weren't enough, is getting stuck behind a slow-moving car. Unfortunately, the only way to get back to our roots is by two-lane country roads. Grandpa will see a car way up ahead and say, Good Lord, what do we have here? Then he lays on the gas until he catches up to them and he'll say, Would you look? Oh, come on. Would you get moving? Oh, for the love of... And then he'll slap the steering wheel and just kind of hold his breath. Grandpa will then continue to cuss at the poor people even though they couldn't possibly hear him. He'll then pound his dashboard every two minutes and say, Come on! as he drives five feet off their bumper. And he will drive five feet off their bumper until he's able to pass them. You want to see fireworks? You don't have to wait for the 4th of July. Try giving Grandpa the bird when he is five feet off your bumper. The country roads we take to Grandpa's farm wind and turn all over the place, so there are very few spots you can pass another car safely. With Dad, you hardly even notice. He just slows down and waits for a chance to pass him without even cussing or anything. With Grandpa, he gets up on the wheel and the first chance he gets, he hits the gas and passes him. When we do eventually pass him, he has us sit back so that the people in the slow car can see him cussing at them as he passes. He shakes his fist at them and says, learn how to drive, would you? He says the same thing every time. And one time we said it and shook our fist too and oh, did he cuss us out. I don't care who's doing what. You two need to be respectful to your elders. I can't wait until I'm an elder. Depending on how long we've been behind somebody and how angry Grandpa has become will determine how much risk he will take in passing them. You would think that he'd be extra careful with Mom's precious cargo. If Mom could see how we have passed some of these cars, she would hang Grandpa by his pinky toes. Sometimes, when Grandpa passes a car, it's fun, like being on a roller coaster. But most times, it will, like Shorty says, make your butthole pucker up so tight you could squeeze a quarter in two. Like I said before, Shorty was the best cusser on the farm. Most of the times, the other car will slow down as Grandpa passes, probably thankful he isn't on their back bumper anymore. If it is old women in the car, I bet you they're probably saying something like, Oh dear, those poor children, as we passed them. After an hour of no farts, I actually began to enjoy the ride. Grandpa, is it really true that Dad stared down a real live bear, I asked. My Uncle Gary told us the whole story last summer at Grandpa's, and I wanted to hear it again. Yep, 
he did. And your Uncle Gary was there too, he replied. Did Uncle Gary really poop in his pants? Jack asked, laughing. You would too, young man. He shouldn't have told you that. I just don't understand your fascination with bathroom humor. He paused and looked at us both. I was about to shit my pants as I looked to Jack. He quit laughing too, realizing he might have just opened up a can of whoop-ass. Listen to me, the both of you, he continued, as I wished for a car of slow-driving old ladies around the corner to distract him from delivering what I expected would be another bathroom humor speech that we weren't allowed to laugh during. You don't mess with bears. He had my attention back. Your father got lucky. He was a foolish, foolish young man, full of piss and vinegar, and he could have been killed. Bears are very dangerous. They are wild animals, and when they have young ones around, they will kill to protect them. They can outrun the fastest human and climb the tallest tree. If a bear wants to make lunch out of you, it's his decision and his decision only. Grandpa, stop. You're scaring me, I said. He really was. What if we get eaten when we're going fishing? How could you let us go fishing when you know we could get eaten by a bear? Uncle Gary never said anything like that when he told us his story. I started to think maybe if you're old and you drink too much Beano, it might make you want to scare little kids just for the hell of it. Can this really be true? Jack put his arm around me to comfort me, but it was too late. I was crying a little bit again, mostly because I didn't know what I was going to do now this entire week. I was never going to go fishing on Grandpa's farm again. Are you kidding me? In my head, I could just see a bear ripping my arm off and going ahead and eating it like we were fried chicken on Monday nights. As much as I wanted to catch him, Big Frank was safe. And if that fried chicken didn't taste so delicious, I'd stop eating it too. I wonder if the chickens knew I was going to eventually eat their arms. Would they be afraid of me as I am of bears? Grandpa pulled over to the side of the road and put me on his lap, so I was leaning against the driver's wheel. I was trying so hard not to cry, but I was devastated. It had been such a disappointing morning, and now this. I didn't look at Jack because, for some reason, I felt like he wouldn't see me scared and crying if I didn't look at him. Samuel, Grandpa said in a calm voice, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. I just wanted you two to take bears seriously. We haven't seen a bear on our farm in over 20 years. I would never let anything happen to you. If I thought there were bears on my land, you would not be allowed to go past the lower barn. How do you know, I asked. The bears have moved up north, mostly because of the land being cleared for farming and also because of all the neighborhoods they've built like the ones that were built on Mr. Pollitt's land. Bears don't like to be around people any more than people like to be around them. Also, bears leave signs they're around, like scratches on the tree, footprints, and yes, Jack, they leave big piles of scat in the woods. I was so relieved that there weren't any bears, and then when Grandpa joked about a bear shitting in the woods, I couldn't hold it back and just started cracking up. Grandpa started laughing, and Jack joined in, too, and we all just laughed for a good two or three minutes. It was great. Mostly, it's because I realized Grandpa would fish with us today, and Dad would be with us the rest of the week. And honestly, with Dad or Grandpa around, I'm not afraid of anything. Grandpa, maybe I should carry a gun to make Sam feel safe, Jack added after we all stopped laughing. Jack and I had been trying to take a gun out by ourselves for the longest time. 
You don't get to shoot at anything fun when there are grown-ups around, and you wouldn't believe how many things there are to shoot at out back. I would feel safer, Grandpa, I added. He looked at me and then Jack and then into the side mirror and drove back onto the road. When you boys are ready, I will let you take a gun out. When will that be? asked Jack, just curious. Grandpa just smiled. Grandpa, what would you do if you came upon a bear like Dad did? Would you stare him down too? You are just as big as Dad, I asked. Jack interrupted. Dad told me that if it came to it, he was prepared to wrestle the bear because in this world, you can either fight or lay down, and the Williams family fights. I asked him if he was ever scared, and he said no, and I believe him. I turned to Jack and asked, When did he tell you that? I couldn't believe I missed Dad talking about staring down that bear. He told you he wasn't scared, Grandpa asked, kind of shaking his head like maybe Dad might have been scared. But I knew that Dad wasn't scared of anything, except Mom sometimes, and I can understand that. Before Jack could say, yep, Grandpa smiled and said, If I came across the bear, it would depend. If I were on Piper, his horse, or the Honda, I would get the hell out of there. But if I were on foot, I would play dead. Huh? We both said together. It seemed like the least tough thing a guy could do. Play dead? If you two ever come across the bear, you need to play dead. Just drop down and lay real still. If the bear doesn't see you as a threat, he'll lose interest and just keep going. Most people make the mistake and run, and they pay dearly for it. Grandpa, if the bear was hungry and you played dead and just laid there, he would eat you for sure. Jack laughed, shaking his head, obviously not buying into the play dead strategy. Jack, sometimes brains are better than brawn. Like my daddy used to say, it takes a coward to bury a hero. Grandpa could probably see the fear creeping back into my eyes because he put his hand on my leg and shook it. There are no bears on our farm, Sam. Do you think Dad was scared, Grandpa? Jack asked. Grandpa smiled and said, Well, I don't know a man alive that wouldn't be. But if he told you he wasn't, I'd believe him. Come to think of it, I think that outside of your Uncle Gary, that bear was probably the most scared. That was the year your dad went undefeated in the Big Ten. When we pulled into the driveway, Grandma was waiting for us. She came out to the car and kissed Jack as he gave out and gave me a big hug as she took me out of the truck. For an old broad, Grandpa calls her that sometimes, she sure is strong. I'm not as big as Jack or Dad, but I'm not exactly a lightweight either. My Grandpa's dog, Buddy, ran up to us and was more excited to see me than I was to see him. I like him a lot, but I wouldn't lick him in the face for five minutes just because I was excited to see him. Buddy is great to go hunting with, but not fishing, because more often than not, he'll jump in the water right where you're fishing. When a big dog like Buddy jumps in the water, it scares the fish away, so you have to move to another spot, which is a pain in the ass, especially if you are catching fish. Buddy is a Labrador, and that dog just can't stay out of the water, even when it's cold outside and the water is freezing. Dogs must be like women because sometimes they are hard to understand. I put my stuff in the house, poured myself a glass of the cherry Kool-Aid that Grandma always makes for me, and then ran out to the back of the wood shop to see if there were any new wasp nests, and there were a ton of them. 
Even if you don't get stung too much, it could take a good couple of hours to knock them all off. I looked around for a long stick but couldn't find one, so I took my slingshot out of my back pocket and was about to load it, but decided I'd go ahead and wait for Jack. I couldn't start without Jack because he's the one who came up with the idea of knocking down wasp nests as a game in the first place. Just in case you were confused, one of the great thrills in life is knocking down a wasp nest. All you need is a long stick or pole or a slingshot if you've got good enough aim, which I do because I practice all the time, and some wasp nests. To play, you just take the stick or whatever and knock down the nest and run like hell. Jack started letting me do it with him when he thought I was ready, because if you can't run like hell, you will get the shit stung out of you. I've gotten stung seven times already, and I'm only ten. When Jack started letting me play, he made sure I had a good head start, since my legs are shorter and any wasp worth his salt would go after me since I was the easier target. Now we take turns knocking them down and we run in opposite directions, so the wasps have to decide which one of us to go after. At first, I kept following Jack after he knocked down a nest, and he would laugh and say I should trust him and run in another direction because more likely than not, they would come after the two of us and get me because I was slower. I didn't listen to them until two wasps stung the shit out of me at the same time. Once that happened, I've been going in a different direction and neither of us hardly ever gets stung. Grandma likes us to knock down the nests because she has raspberry bushes behind the wood shop and she doesn't like wasps around when she's picking raspberry and who could blame her? When you run from a wasp, it's important to zigzag and keep waving your arms around your head. Grandpa says wasps go for your eyeballs. I once had a wasp come so close to my eyeballs that I had to close my eyes while I was running, which is never a good idea. Running into a tree hurts more than getting stung, believe me. I came up with the waving your arms around your head idea right after I ran into that tree. I counted 14 wasp nests, which is four more than there were last year. I decided to go find Jack so we could get ready to go fishing, but not before I had thrown an apple or two. Speaking of apples, there were plenty on the ground to chuck. I picked one up and chucked it at the big oak, aiming it right at dead center, and bam! It hit right where I had aimed it, and it exploded perfectly. 14 wasp nests, plenty of apples to chuck, and perfect aim. This was shaping up to be a great trip. Maybe I really will catch Big Frank this time. I grabbed a fresh apple from the tree and ran back to the house where Jack was already sorting out Grandpa's fishing poles. His tackle box was open and I could see the new bait Dad bought. I dream all year long about catching Big Frank and I'll tell you what, we are having a devil of a time catching that son of a bitch. Grandpa is the only one who has seen him. And Dad says we have to take his word for it, because a man of character like Grandpa doesn't lie, and that we ought to grow up to be just like him. I wish I had scuba equipment so that I could just go after him with my own two hands, or at least just to see him. I figure I should be big enough next summer to try it. You see, you don't want to go after a fish that is bigger than you because you could get eaten yourself. Grandpa said he was probably bigger than me but smaller than Jack by now. And it was Jack who told me you never want to fight someone on their own turf, like underwater. Jack looked at me and said, Grandpa said we can take the Honda. Spectacular! I just went behind the barn and there are 14 wasp nests and probably more apples than we can throw in a month. 
I spit out an apple seed in between breaths. My very first try, I hit dead center. How far away were you? I was in back of the line, I swear. I was, too. It was a near-perfect throw. Well, we'll have to have a game tonight after dinner, and Dad can keep score. I'll get the Honda, I said as I ran towards the barn. Jack and I can both drive it, but neither of us, up until now, has been allowed to drive it around back on our own. Wait for me if you can't get it out, Jack shouted after me. Put some gas in it. Grandpa says it needs gas. The barn where Grandpa keeps the Honda was open, and the Honda was pulled in perfectly for me to get it out. Grandpa's barns smelled different than ours, better than ours, probably because they were made out of wood instead of metal. Even though I knew a barn might not smell good to a lot of people, it smelled good to me like maybe a favorite meal that you only get once in a while, or like when Mom cooks cinnamon rolls for us as a treat when it's raining on the weekend. I looked where Grandpa keeps the gas, and the only gas can that was there said in all capital letters, Mix, not for the Honda. In case you are confused, some gas has oil mixed in with it, and you are not supposed to put it in tractors or four-wheelers. Jack and I found that out the hard way, and I expect Grandpa added that writing, as he says of a lot of things, for our benefit. I couldn't find the regular gas, so I figured we could get some out of Grandpa's truck later. The Honda started right up, and I drove it perfectly the whole way, except that I popped the clutch when I went for the brake as I came to the porch and it killed the engine. I went ahead and acted like I meant to do that, though. It had to look pretty impressive for a ten-year-old. Jack was watching me pull up with both of our poles already outfitted in one hand and the tackle box in the other. Sam, you were getting pretty good, but driving in first gear the entire way is going to kill the transmission. I think you'd do better to try shifting gears. We'll have to have a driving lesson this week. Why don't I just drive to the hole? You can give me a lesson on the way. I already knew the answer. I didn't move, though. Jack handed me the poles, tied the tackle box to the rear rack, pulled it tight, and said, Sam, you can drive it when we get back, after I teach you how to get it out of first gear. But first, we've got fish to catch. He climbed on in front of me and started the engine. I didn't put gas in it. All I could find was the mixed gas. Jack wrenched his neck back around, killed the engine, and asked, You didn't put any of that in, did you? He was very serious, like maybe I'd told him I'd just pulled the pin out of a grenade. No, I said. The can said not to put it in the Honda. The smile came back to Jack's face, and he started up the engine again. Good. Well, let's go then. If we run out, we'll just walk back. Should we get Grandpa? I asked. Nope. Grandma is giving him hell for drinking too much coffee. He'll meet us there. How did she know? It's Graham. She knows everything. Do you want to go catch Big Frank? I was going to yell, yee-haw, like a serious cowboy would, but Jack popped the clutch and we were off. Just for the record, I actually don't know what popping the clutch means, but it happens before everything cool on the four-wheeler or when you make it die. I grabbed around Jack's stomach with one arm and held the fishing rods behind me with the other, and we took off towards the fishing hole. Chapter 6. The Bear We rode pretty slow on the Honda until we crossed the railroad tracks that ran through the farm because Grandpa could still see us. But after that, Jack took off like he was racing a cheetah, which is the fastest animal on the planet. 
We were going so fast, I turned around to see Buddy slowing to a walk and then becoming a little brown dot as we raced ahead. I hoped he wouldn't find us, but I knew that he would. He always does. Grandpa's corn was bright green and growing way above our heads. It grew thick on both sides of the two-track drive that led to the back of Grandpa's farm and kind of felt like we were zooming down a hallway in my school, except we were outdoors. The sun was starting to get hot, and ordinarily, if I had slept in my boots and gotten up so early, I would have been pretty tuckered out by now. But I was so excited, I didn't feel the least bit tired. We started slowing down, and Jack turned to me and said something that I now know was, Hold the rods. Well, he whipped the Honda off the road right into the cornfield. I screamed, No, but I didn't mean it. I held on for dear life and just started cracking up. If you've never driven through a full-grown cornfield on a four-wheeler, you really ought to. That's all I'm going to say about that, though. That, and if you do drive through a cornfield, make sure it's not your grandpa's and make sure you get away without being caught. Stalks of corn slapped us on our arms and legs as we bounced up and down over the rows in the field. The farther in we went, the harder I held on to Jack and the harder I laughed. I had dropped the rods a long way back after I started having trouble holding on. I was having so much fun, I wasn't even thinking about how we needed them to go fishing. Sometimes I wonder why Jack does stuff like driving the Honda through the cornfield because everyone knows the shit is going to hit the fan when Grandpa finds out. Maybe he thinks Grandpa won't notice, but how could he not? There were going to be two trails about four feet wide going into the corn and coming out, maybe about 30 feet apart from one another. I guess shit hitting the fan doesn't bother Jack as much as it bothers me. Or maybe he's just like a wild animal. You can't make a wild animal follow the rules like a dog or a cat. That's why you can't have a lion or a bear as a pet. I remember my dad explaining that to me when I was little. If you can't train an animal to live inside your house and not tear it up and not eat you, it's called a wild animal. Wild animals just don't have it in them to follow the rules. I remember when Jack tried to jump a ditch with our neighbor's riding lawnmower once. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. Not the jump, really. I thought he had a pretty good shot at making it when I saw the ramp they had built, and he had a pretty decent hill to pick up some good speed. But what I couldn't figure out for the life of me is why Jack would try it. I also couldn't figure out why our neighbor Lance would let Jack try the jump on his dad's brand new lawn tractor. Didn't they know they would both get in trouble? He did manage to jump the ditch, but the tractor stuck into the far side of the ditch like an arrow gets stuck in a target, and both the front wheels busted off and rolled down to the bottom of the ditch. Jack was thrown farther off the tractor than the actual tractor had jumped. If you had seen the way he and Lance were jumping around afterward, though, you would have thought it was a perfect jump with a smooth landing and there wasn't going to be hell to pay. Oh, did the shit hit the fan that night. I guess Jack is pretty much just a wild brother. After we came out of the cornfield and stopped on the road, my side hurt from laughing so hard. I had little cuts all over my legs and my eyes were crying, but I wasn't crying crying. My eyes were crying because I was laughing so hard. I just felt great. I was so excited to be here and have Jack and Dad and Grandpa and Buddy all to myself. I took a deep breath and stopped laughing, but didn't stop holding on to Jack. I never wanted to let go. He had been laughing too. Where are the poles, Sam? He got off the Honda and pulled out an ear of corn that had stuck between the engine and the frame. 
Back there, I pointed, still laughing, to the field of corn with the two newly plowed paths. Sam, he looked at me, shook his head and smiled and said, All right, then, let's go and get them. The Honda stuttered, and then the engine went out, smoke coming from underneath where fresh green corn husks were hanging down. Jack looked at me and then back at the Honda. We'll tell Grandpa after we go fishing. I was stunned. Were we out of gas, or did we get corn in the engine somewhere? The shit was definitely going to hit the fan now. Waiting to tell Grandpa until after we were done fishing was just fine with me, though. We backtracked the entire path only to find the fishing rods were about 10 feet from where we had started in. I thought I had held on to them for much longer, but it looks like I'd let them go as soon as the corn started hitting us. Jack had told me that it was probably smart of me to go ahead and drop them, but I knew it wasn't smart. I was just having fun and those poles were in the way. We were both running back to the Honda when I ran into Jack, who had stopped 10 yards short of it. I laughed, thinking that he was playing around again, and then I saw the bear. It was the biggest bear I had ever seen, actually the only bear I've ever seen, and he was as big as our dad. He saw us, too. He stood up on two feet, and I could see that he was skinny, dirty, and tall. He was way taller than our dad. He had been eating the corn that Jack had pulled from the Honda. He swayed like he was off balance and let out a huge roar. I was white-hot in my chest, and I could feel my heart beating in my face. The bear's teeth were brown and long, and he had spit all over his mouth. I was frozen in place. Jack spun around and grabbed me by the shoulders, hard. Sam, I want you to listen to me and do what I say. I thought I saw terror in Jack's eyes, too, and that's when I threw up, all over the both of us. It was red from the cherry Kool-Aid I drank back at the house and had pieces of the beef jerky in it from the car ride earlier. That was the difference between me and Jack. He was trying to save us from both getting eaten, and I'd pretty much just coated the both of us with delicious gravy. Just like the wasp nest game, Sam. We're going to run in two separate directions, and he can only chase one of us, and I'm going to make sure he chases me. I'm going to make sure nothing happens to you, and nothing will. As long as you do exactly what I say. The fear had left Jack's eyes. Run straight into that cornfield. Go ten rows in and head straight towards the farm. Go get Grandpa. Which direction are you going to run, I pleaded as he turned me around and pushed me towards the tall rows of corn in front of me. Go, Sam, he shouted. And I did. I ran as fast as I could and I tore right into the corn, afraid of what was to become of Jack, screaming and then crying after hearing another ferocious roar. Is this really happening? Dad. If only Dad were here, this wouldn't be happening. Or maybe Grandpa could show up with his big gun, the one with all the etching on the side. Then I thought of what Grandpa had said about outrunning a bear, and the absolute terror hit me. If I kept running, Jack would die. That big, ugly son of a bitch would be eating Jack. It was at that point I realized I would rather be dead than have Jack die saving me. I stopped in my tracks turned around and started running back towards Jack and the bear as fast as I could. I wasn't crying because I wasn't scared anymore. I really didn't know what I was going to do at that point, to tell you the truth, but I wasn't running back to become a bear's lunch. I was running back to help my brother and my best friend. Dad always tells us that we are family and that the bond that we have is special and forever, and when someone in your family needs help, you help them. 
When Dad would say things like that to us, I had always just assumed that it meant Jack needed to make sure I didn't get beat up and I wouldn't snitch on Jack when he did something wrong. This, as far as I could remember, was the first time Jack actually needed my help outside me not snitching on something crazy he had done, like peeing in Mr. Leonard's gas tank. As I was running, I felt for my slingshot. It was still there. I took it out. About ten feet in front of the opening, I stopped to pull the ammo out of my front pocket and heard another horrible roar. Could I really kill a bear with a slingshot? Could I scare it away if I hit it in the eye, maybe? Blind it? Even though every bit of fear I had in me before was back, I didn't stop. I made my way out of the corn slowly and was horrified to see Jack was just standing in front of the bear, staring at it without moving. The bear was on all fours now, maybe five or six feet away from Jack. The bear stood up again in front of Jack and time seemed to stop. I screamed, go Jack, go! But Jack just stood there. He was tiny compared to the bear. And then I realized he was trying to stare down the bear just like Dad did when he was young. I laid down on the ground because that's how my aim is the best. I pulled back my slingshot as far as I could but couldn't figure out what to aim it at. I can hit anything with my slingshot. Serious. I just didn't know what to hit. The pellet in the leather holder felt so small now compared to the bear, but there was nothing else I could do. In my mind, I could hear Grandpa telling us again this morning how dumb Dad was to try to stare down a bear, and now I realized how right he was. And in that moment, it hit me, and I knew exactly what I had to do. It was like someone turned the volume down, and I couldn't hear the bears growling anymore as I pulled the slingshot back again. I found my target, just perfect in the middle, and without even waiting, I let it fly. If you've ever fired a slingshot with a pellet in it, you know that once you fire it, you can't see the pellet until it hits something. But I swear, I watched it sail all the way until it hit Jack square on the back of his head. I watched my brother Jack fall to the ground. I laid my head down and watched in complete terror as the bear came down and looked, confused at Jack still laying in front of him. I couldn't have moved if I wanted to. I wasn't making a sound but I was crying like hell on the inside, wondering if I had just killed my brother. The bear walked forward and swatted Jack so hard with his front paw that Jack's limp body moved probably two or three feet. He rolled Jack back and forth and spit flew out of his mouth as he roared down at him. I was laying on the ground playing dead with one eye open 20 feet away and I could see Jack's shirt was now soaked in blood. I can tell you that in that moment I was prepared to die and if he was going to start eating Jack, I was going to run over there and kick that son of a bitch square in the nuts. I'm not kidding either. If he was going to eat Jack, I wanted him to eat me too. I guess that's what being a brother is all about. The last thing I can remember is seeing that bear roaring down at Jack's blood-covered, unmoving body as I tried to get up, but couldn't, feeling dizzy and hearing what I thought was a bark.